The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Special counsel Jack Smith is going directly to the U.S. Supreme Court for a final decision. This goes to whether Donald Trump is entitled to absolute immunity. Ed Baxter has that story and more from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco, Ed. Yeah, that's right, uh, Brian. Uh, That's a Trump claim that he has total immunity in the January case, accusing him of being part of the effort to overturn the election. He lost a decision from District Judge Tanya Chutkin. Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr says Smith wants to go directly now to the highest court. And today, Jack Smith said, we need this matter resolved so urgently that I'm going to go straight to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court, please take this matter up without even waiting for a federal appeals court to hear Donald Trump's appeal. Jack Smith is asking for the Supreme Court to resolve the case in its current term, which runs through June. So why today? He did it today because uh, time's a waste. Uh, trial is scheduled to start March the 4th. Uh, it cannot be as long as Donald Trump is appealing this issue of immunity. So Jack Smith needs this resolved as quickly as possible. Now, the filing marks the first time the Supreme Court has been asked to intervene in one of the cases pending against Trump. Hunter Biden's attorneys are saying today that the gun and tax charges against him are invalid. While congressional Republicans and Democrats mud-wrestle over aid to Israel and Ukraine, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is in the U.S. today to make his case. Russia's war on Ukraine isn't just about, isn't just about some old-fashioned dictatorship trying to settle scores, real or imagined. And U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says aid for Ukraine and for NATO is imperative. And we are determined to show the world that America will not flinch in our defense of freedom. Now, the two spoke at the National Defense University in Washington. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has missed a court appearance today. It is raising alarms because his family says it hasn't heard from him for five days. U.S. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says concern, too, for the U.S. deeply concerned about these reports that he's now been gone for allegedly a week. Um, and neither his representatives uh, or his family uh, know where he is. He should be released immediately. Today's appearance supposed to be video, but when they dialed it up, the screen was dark. Israeli offensive into Gaza is intensified, but it's uh, refusing a ceasefire still. Former Israeli ambassador to the U.S. Michael Oren on Bloomberg Sound On says he feels there will be a ceasefire at some point. And this is just a gut feeling that the negotiations will start soon as Israel's military noose begin, continues to close around Hamas leadership. 
and they will once again sue to negotiate to gain time. Remember, Hamas wants that ceasefire. That's the most important thing Hamas can get. That ceasefire means survival. It means Hamas wins, Israel loses. He says Hamas may not have any bargaining power because of the condition of the hostages. The pregnant Texas woman who sought court permission for an abortion under extraordinary health circumstances will apparently not wait for Texas. Her attorneys say that she has left the state, saying her health and her future's on the line. They say she's been in and out of emergency rooms and can't wait any longer. Global News, 24 hours a day and whatever you want it with Bloomberg News Now in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. All right, Brian. Ed, thanks very much. Well, let's get a look now at the top business and economic news stories of the hour. Central banks are in focus this week with the Fed, the European Central Bank and the Bank of England all holding policy meetings. And next week, we'll be hearing from the Bank of Japan. The BOJ is likely to keep its monetary stimulus settings unchanged. BOJ officials are said to see little need to rush into scrapping what is the world's last negative interest rate. Uh, this month. And that's despite recent market speculation that the negative rate may be scrapped as soon as the December meeting. We're told officials have yet to see enough evidence, though, of wage growth that would support sustainable inflation. And BOJ officials view the potential cost of waiting for more information as not very high. Well, China is said to have started the annual Central Economic Work Conference. The aim here is to discuss China's growth targets for the new year. We have more from Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann in Hong Kong. The high-profile meeting is usually closely watched by market participants on how China handles monetary, fiscal, and various industrial policies. Neither the Chinese government nor state-run media has announced the start of the conference, but reports say the two-day meeting will conclude today. The meeting follows top leaders pledging to strengthen fiscal support at a Politburo meeting on Friday. The leaders also emphasize the importance of economic progress. Expectations are high that China will set a new growth target similar to this year's goal of about 5%. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Radio. Meantime, Chinese President Xi Jinping is expected to visit Vietnam today for the first time in six years. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has more. President Xi is looking to upgrade relations with Vietnam and counter U.S. influence. The trip comes just three months after U.S. President Joe Biden visited. On that trip, Biden forged agreements with Hanoi on everything from semiconductors to security. For China's part, it's moving to provide funding to upgrade railway lines in the country. These are arteries considered crucial for Vietnam's exports. Defense and maritime issues are also expected to be discussed. For some time, Vietnam has been worried that China is moving to a certain more control in the South China Sea. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Radio. Stateside Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo is vowing a very strong action on this new advanced semiconductor from Huawei. Raimondo calling this breakthrough chip deeply concerning. We have more from Bloomberg's Erica Hershkowitz. When asked how the Commerce Department would respond to a recent chipmaking breakthrough in China, Raimondo said the U.S. would take the strongest possible action to protect its national security. In an interview with Bloomberg News, Raimondo said every time they see something that's concerning, they investigate it vigorously. Raimondo wouldn't confirm a formal investigation is underway into Huawei Technologies and its chipmaking partner, Semiconductor Manufacturing International, even though her department's Bureau of Industry and Security has said it's probing the purported 7-nanometer chip in a smartphone that Huawei 
Broadway debuted in late August. I'm Erica Herskowitz, Bloomberg Radio. Separately, Raimondo told Bloomberg News the U.S. is looking into specifics of three new artificial intelligence accelerators made by NVIDIA. The company is developing those chips for the market in China. Earlier this month, the U.S. did vow to restrict any new chips that gives China capabilities in artificial intelligence. Brian? Oracle reported second quarter's sales that increased 5% to $12.9 billion. That missed analyst estimates of $13.1 billion. And it comes after a second consecutive quarter of slowing growth for Oracle's cloud unit. Oracle is known for its database software. It has been focusing lately on expanding its cloud business. But Bloomberg's Anurag Rana says it may take some time to catch up with the world's biggest cloud providers. Over time, I think they will have a cloud offering or they will have a cloud revenue that is going to be much bigger than this. But I don't think they're going to catch up to either Amazon or Microsoft anytime in the near term. In fact, I don't think that's going to be possible just because of the, 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 the two different businesses these guys are in. And that's Bloomberg's Anurag Rana. Doug? Goldman Sachs is reshuffling its asset management arm. The story from Bloomberg's Ann Cates. Goldman is moving around senior executives in its $110 billion private credit unit as it seeks to double the size of the business in the medium term. Goldman has long led Wall Street rivals like J.P. Morgan Chase, Barclays and Citigroup in the growing $1.6 trillion market and is rare for maintaining a sizable private credit division that dates back to before the 2008 financial crisis. The latest changes come as Goldman's rivals scramble to respond to the rise of a new asset class that competes directly with their leveraged finance business. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Radio. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Paul Allen, and we are visiting with William Lee now on the program, Chief Economist at the Milken Institute, to take a look at what we can expect from the Fed this week. Bill, thanks very much for joining us. We're getting pretty close to the last mile kind of uh, discussions uh, and whether or not disinflation will continue to grind its way through or whether we might um, you know, find it pretty sticky. How do you see it? 
Well, the markets are pretty confused about what the Fed really wants to do, right? I mean, in some ways, the market is absolutely certain that they're going to be rate cuts, and it's a matter of when and how many. Um, and yet, Chair Powell has been, and, and every other member of the FOMC has told us, no, we're going to be very data dependent, and if the data continue to improve, then we will uh, consider uh, keeping the, the, the stance of policy tight enough to make sure that that inflation improves sufficiently and, 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 and long enough to get us into the, the trajectory that will where we're constantly believe that it's two percent, um, and and the markets are saying, "Hey, we're there," um, and and so that that conflict is is something that I think is causing bond markets to be very unsettled. The volatility in bond markets now has been at its highest level in in almost uh, you know, in years, um, and and I think one of the things that we're we're trying to sort out is what is the Fed going to do. And it doesn't help that uh, Chair Powell's been playing a game of Russian roulette with this. It depends on the data. You know, I will shoot the bullet, uh, and maybe my chamber's loaded, maybe it's not, but I'll shoot when I see the data uh, requiring me to shoot, and I won't shoot unless I'm provoked to shoot. That's not a good framework that, that calms bond markets. Well, in terms of the data, you know, you mentioned, um, Brian, did too, the CPI we're expecting for November. Core CPI is seen edging up. A third of 1%. So the data suggests it's going to be a while before we see those rate cuts. Exactly. And and, and I think uh, one of the other things that the Fed is going to have to keep an eye on is what's happening to the real economy. Uh, retail sales will also be coming out uh, next week. And, and I think one of the things that uh, we're concerned about is whether the consumer uh, has sufficient uh, momentum to keep going or whether the the the, the the differences in income, the, the rich really seem to have a lot of savings and, and are propelling the economy forward, but the people who are living paycheck to paycheck uh, are, are having much more difficulties going into more debt. Credit card debts are going up. Uh, the the uh, uh, loans are being uh, uh, you know defaulted on, at car loans. So we're seeing lots of tensions there, and, and it may well be that the economy is not as strong as uh, the Fed might think it is. Bill, you mentioned the volatility in the bond market. Uh, in terms of the stock market, if we do get a kind of Fed repricing of rate cuts this week, uh, especially in, in what we get from the SEP, uh, do you expect markets to react badly to that? Or will it be more like, well, we, we, we see it coming. It's just not here yet. I, I think that's, that you're, you're absolutely right there. It, we see it coming, and, and right now the equity markets are much more focused on profits uh, and, and, and whether or not the profit margins will be maintained or whether we can have a sufficiently large downturn that profits will be affected. I think the, the growth stocks, the, the nifty seven stocks that are propelling the economy right now, uh, they have gotten a big boost by lowering of interest rates, uh, but now it really is a question of profits. And for, for companies like NVIDIA, it's whether the chip industry will their margins be maintained, AMD cuts into their profit margins, or the China market starts to affect them. Those are the main concerns, I think, that are in the, in the equity markets right now, uh, whereas the interest rate uh, boost uh, has, has pretty much been discounted. Yeah, we uh, haven't really seen any waves of corporate bankruptcies in this era of high rates. Uh, do you see any corporations that are, are really desperate and need a rate cut on the horizon, or, or are the balance Actually, sheets looking pretty good? That's what makes this um, expansion a little bit unusual, because companies were very smart to take advantage of low rates and locked in a lot of financing. So the, 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 I, the, it'll be a while before companies will need to roll over and, and refinance their debt. One thing where it's hurt the uh, corporate sector is it's cut back on the level of investments. When interest rates are very low, every cat and dog investment looks good. So there are, there are a lot of corporate investments going on. But when interest rates are high like this, companies are very careful to make sure that the projects they invest in are 
are going to pay off. And, and in that case, it, it, there's, there's some good to come out of this because the quality of investment that's being put in place is going to be much higher, but the amount of investment is much less. And that means that the amount of momentum the economy has going forward is much less and will depend much more on consumers and, 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 uh, and, and our exports. I'm curious whether or not, you know, longer term, say into 2025, uh, you feel as though this level of growth can be maintained or whether or not we really hit some bumps in 2024. Oh, that, that's in the question on everyone's mind. Every question I get when we talk out, when we go beyond the, the next few months, uh, every corporate CEO and, and, and portfolio manager is asking the question, what's the new sustainable uh, level of growth for the U.S. economy? Um, is the productivity enhancement that's coming from AI and all this technology and all this investment that we're doing going to kick in? And will it kick in sufficiently to keep our economy going at a pace of better than 2%? Um, and, and I think many people feel that that's a hope and a prayer because uh, so far a lot of this AI uh, is, is is still vaporware. I mean, people, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot of promise, uh, but but the, the actual implementation of this stuff has really not enhanced productivity. One thing that has enhanced productivity, which I've really been stunned by, uh, and people don't talk about enough, are how clever people have uh, businesses have changed their business models. Uh, ghost kitchens have now made the restaurant industry very profitable. Um, deliveries have taken over, and the the restaurants that do deliveries have done very well, uh, whereas the, the old middle-of-the-row uh, kind of uh, uh, restaurant where you just go and yeah. have a family dinner, those are all, all going out of business. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York. Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 106.1 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.